This is Movies, a podcast about the act of cinema. With me today, drinking his favorite syrupy beverage. It is Hans. Hans, welcome back to the show. You have been dearly missed. Nobody knows you were gone because we had the one episode of The Curse, which I've watched all the episodes to follow of The Curse, and I take back my full opinion I expressed during that one episode on The Curse just last week. I like the show. I think it's a very funny show. It's a very good show. And... Mm -hmm. That episode is now void from the canon. We're going to remove that. Okay. So are we going to do a full series retrospect, retrospective? Is that how you pronounce it? Uh, when it's done? I th- Maybe. I, it depends on where it's going because it's kind of zigzagging in weird places so far. I, I, I don't know if we'll, we'll wind up covering the whole season, but maybe just to... Uh, redo that episode and uh, not have it be the final word on the curse for movies that okay. that's entirely possible because i haven't seen any since i think three i don't even know if there's like where is there five now i think i think they're up to five at this point okay yes so yeah i haven't so it got better is what i'm assuming from what you're saying no actually i think the first episode is the funniest episode but it, it's gotten it's fine it's maintained its quality and it's done some interesting things and I'm I'm happy to continue watching the series, so that's where I'm at okay. with it. Uh, how have things been, Hans? You know, I was just talking to you right before the show about how I recorded a number of preemptive Kenny episodes that were just utter yeah. disasters. We had DC come on at four in the morning, and DC revealed some <laughs> very interesting information to me. <laughs> um, was he was he intoxicated in any way? Was no? He he, he said, Wait, you know, I, he... I got work in two hours, and I'm doing this. I said, why are you doing this thing? Just go to bed. Oh. Go get some more. Sleep. Is he? Is he straight edge? No, I, I, like I don't the... know if DC. I, I come to think of it, when DC came out to New York, I don't remember if he was drinking with us or not. I feel like he probably didn't. He seems like somebody who's like very on top of keeping himself uh, fit and looking good. And beer, beer, really doing anything can send you mm. off the reels pretty quick. So I couldn't imagine. I think he. He seems to me like the kind of autist that if he drinks, he becomes a monster. <laughs> so that's probably why he stays away from from alcohol. Because he's all hyped and all energy and all frantic, sober. I'm assuming. Again, I don't well, know. Well, let's just say if listen, if he was like that 24-7 in person, that would be a nightmare. That would be a lot mm-hmm. to I would I would empathize with dear old G Mac who housed him. But no, D- DC is much more mitigate he's a normal person in person okay. that's 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 always any the weirdest strangest most like sticky in character people that you've ever encountered in a podcast or on the internet are usually like the most grounded normal people in real life that is what i've come well, to learn like alex schultz well, that... alex schultz i remember he came on this show and he was doing his shtick character from be nice to me productions and i was like what the fuck am i in for when i meet this guy and he was just a like, normal guy it was like she's like oh i guess when you're online you're you're in full persona. You don't break kayfabe, you know? Well, that's what I got when I went up there. That I think it was Tim that was like, I thought you were going to be mean. Yeah, no, honestly, I think we've garnered a new reputation. And it's, maybe it's not new at all. I've certainly gotten this this complaint several times on my Facebook page. Just You don't really like anything, do you? The reputation that I've heard that we have garnered is that we're the biggest shit talkers in the uh in the podcast sphere right now the biggest shit talkers Good. by a mile and we're as- inspiring others to behave similarly yeah. so that's, that's right. great and toxic yeah 
stop stop enjoying anything just just complain oh my I wouldn't god say we, listen i think we enjoy plenty of things we just have a very high quality <laughs> filter that's all that's well, all it comes down yeah to. i I, th I think our filter is is very inconsistent though because i feel like sometimes we enjoy really shit shit where it's just like well it's bad so it's fun because it's bad um and then most of the things that are considered good that are not we, we we're not afraid of calling it out i guess so you know if you just want to come to a podcast where they say it like it is that, that should be a tag of the show movies criticized <laughs> by two guys that just tell you how things are uh that's that's what you get damn your radio guy voice sounds like a throat cancer voice yeah that's probably what i got going you on gotta right work now. on that oh. impression that's not as good as your yeah. jack nicholson i'm sorry to yeah. say I need to I need to work on my Pablo Francisco impression. Well, you watched you watched the holdovers, right? You yeah. like did I'm assuming who didn't like that movie, but did you did you like that movie? Yeah. I thought it was enjoyable. It's a good uh Massachusetts Christmas rump. Fun for the whole family. It is a good Christmas rump. You know what I watched? I watched the Trayvon hoax, unmasking the witness fraud that divided America. You wouldn't believe who suggested this movie to me. So the Discord, I saw that. People on Discord were like, are you guys going to cover this? You can only Mick imagine. Mick Oldershaw sent you. <laughs> no. No, it's not. That's believable. Robbie Goodwin was, yeah. I don't think Robbie would have a problem recommending the Trayvon hoax to me. That's oh, no, what we Robbie all did. Goodwin, That's what we did when he was in town is we sat down, we talked about Trayvon yeah. Martin and how that was a load of bullshit that Zimmerman got accused of murder yeah. there. You know? Well, everyone knows that Robbie Goodwin is pro- What's his name? Hamas. John Zimmerman. What was his name? John what was Zimmerman. His name? <laughs> Late Michael night Zimmerman. with John Zimmerman. That's my favorite show. So anyway, I got recommended this movie from um, somebody who's been on this show. He's in the 10 Timers Club for sure. And I sat down and I watched it and I was like, this is kind. This is actually very funny. This movie is mm. great because it's a guy who did he's he, the documentarian decided to shoot a bunch of b-roll starring himself reacting so he's like he's on the computer and it's like we're panning up to his face like very very pensive the opening three minutes is a lot of him going like this just and sorry if you're not on patreon.com slash lowers because then you can't see but it's just him going <laughs> what is just over and over and over sorry for the dead air there as i was uh pantomiming his expression he was doing a lot of that there's a there's a scene where he's on the computer and he looks something up and he's just like you know he's reacting like that he's just going nuts nice. um it was really enjoyable but he did uncover something interesting which is that trayvon's girlfriend was not his the one who took the stand was not his girlfriend it was her sister because she was seeing another guy and she said to her half sister, she said, Hey, could you pretend to be me? Could we just swap phones for a week and you go do this whole Trayvon publicity scandal thing for me? And she was like, Sure. This big fucking dumpy McNugget shaped bitch. The took dumbass. The stand. Yeah. I, I remember you remember it was like a, a meme, right? Of how yeah. dumb she was. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That was yeah. not her. That was not the real girl. This guy actually cracked it. So even though his documentary was so poorly done it felt you know what it felt like it felt like between two ferns the zach galifianakis show it had that same exact vibe to it and he was just like talking up trayvon's girlfriend he's like 
she was just so pretty, so beautiful, so delicious looking. And, uh, you know, I saw a, a, a tarot reader and the tarot reader said Trayvon's girlfriend, she's going to be evil. But she wasn't evil. She was beautiful. And I think she's a good person. Mm -hmm. And he uh, he had all these schemes. He was like, yeah, he bought a bunch of dresses from her like Etsy store and had her come out and was like, could you actually sign this Christmas card for the children I'm going to give these dresses to? And the Christmas card, he put the names as like certain things that would be useful in a handwriting match that were based on some note or whatever. Anyway, he actually did some act like serious detective work here, but he didn't know what to do with it. So it ends with like, and it goes into like the Democrat plantation of like, they just, the whole, they kept the real girlfriend off the stand to get you to vote Democrat. All it turned into a Dinesh D'Souza documentary. It's like, you didn't know what to do with this little information here. It's kind of interesting. Mm. So Anyway, I watched so, that. So it sucks. So what you're saying? I mean, yeah, that... yeah. Of course, it sucks. It's, it was always going to be bad, but it, I, I thought it, it was funny. It was very funny, and it was interesting. Mm. I would give but it five it... stars, but I don't want that uh, that that sort of branding <laughs> of being a right wing provocateur because that is was it not what I'm was it funny? For. Was it funny on purpose though, or was it funny? No, in, uh... no, okay. it was not funny on purpose. If it was fun, honestly, though, it kind of felt like the editor sabotaged him and was like, I'm going to just turn this into a joke. I'm going to turn this. I He's not going to know the difference. This guy's a fucking idiot. Let me just turn this into the funniest documentary ever made. And it, it's possible that's what happened if he outsourced the editing. But it, you know, it so, felt like satire so, at times, but I don't think so it was. So does he start as like a very earnest, you know, filmmaker trying to get to the bottom of things and then he's just turning to a joke in the edit? Is that... Well, I think, like. I think the same guy wrote a book. So he's not a, maybe I got it confused and he adapted it or something, but the guy is not a filmmaker. He's not a filmmaker first. He was just an investigator. And I think he probably outsourced the crew. He outsourced post-production and maybe they, they fucked with him because it, it feels like it's got the same vibe, not just of between two ferns, but it sometimes felt like, Garth Marenghi's Dark Place or something. You know, it, it it had that sort of very dry humor to it that all it it, it felt intentional to me. Hmm. Okay. So well, I'm not gonna watch it. I don't um, know. It could put you in the Christmas spirit. <laughs> it's it sounds like it would be like a fun watch if you really don't care about um I feel like that type of uh documentary you kind of have to either care about what they're talking about or just not care about making fun of it Trayvon and i were in the same uh stepbrother program so we were stepbrothers for a yep. period of time he was like a big yep. brother to me that Trayvon the, martin the skittles were for you no one knew this <laughs> yes that's right <laughs> i sent him out that day to go get me skittles in an arizona yeah. and he did and he was just protecting himself you know so, sour skittles is a very famous lowest treat that he enjoys and and Trayvon now i get ptsd nice anytime i put a, a sour <laughs> anything in my mouth it's just it brings yeah. it brings back sour memories yeah oh. every time you see a blue packet on candy you're like oh no i'm gonna be getting murdered by a fat mexican <laughs> that's right well he's a fat white mexican mm. yeah mm. Mm -hmm. right i know well i know they're everywhere <laughs> they like to pretend they're more ethnic than they are i I feel that. I hear that. Indeed. I've used that in, in very uh, specific uh, 
times where it's just like, well, can I can I play my race card over here? It's never worked. I I'm, I can never pull it. I'm six two, pale. And everyone's just like, no, you're not. Like, you're not actually. You're not that. Well, you thing. just say you're Chinese. You got to wear one of those straw hats and go around in a red dress. That's what you got to do. Yeah. Don't shave the ends of the mustache and just. No, that makes you, know. you look. That makes you look more Mexican than Asian. Mm. For sure. Yeah. I go back. <laughs> yes, I, I've gone back to older episodes where you do have that mustache, and it's like literally, it's a, it's almost a combination of both because it does come out very stringy, like a railroad worker or something. But yeah, it, it's it's way more Mexican than Chinese. Yeah, it's a Mexican, but it's like thirteen year old Mexican. Like it's not it's not full grown adult Mexican. It's like, oh, I went to high school with that boy and he always had a mustache he was shitty but he had a mustache since 13 that's 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 what i get indeed you know i on, on aside from the trayvon movie i also watched roots the gift again which, yeah well no it's a continuing story of roots oh okay so as many that's generations it. this one's a kind of a prequel falls in between a couple of episodes i guess of the first series and it was a christmas movie where a free black man returns to the South and then they take his freedom papers and say, you're trying to set these slaves go. And then they kill him. That was, that was oh. Christmas and roots. Uh, prequel to roots. <laughs> that's, that's, <laughs> that sounds, yeah. What is it? Just jungle people in the jungle before they sold Damn. their friends. Jungle the people. Whites. That was way more racist than anything in the Trayvon documentaries. The last 50 seconds of this show i also watched i i did detective wolfman's brand new podcast coming out in 2024 he invited oh. me on yes and oh, nice. uh, we... i'll be i'll be be waiting for that invite <laughs> <laughs> so what's the show about is it about being it's a, a it's... furry no it's a, it's about it's about pulp fiction no, but the literal oh. Pulp Fiction, not the movie Pulp Fiction. We talked about this Korean movie yeah. called The Chaser. Have you ever seen The Chaser? Okay. No. That's pretty good. Okay. Korean movie. So he's just doing an Asian yes. movie show. So he's doing well, a... it, my episode was Korean movie. So it was, oh. it was specifically The Chaser, which is about a guy investigating the kidnapping or death of one of his prostitutes. The lead character is a pimp in Korea. Mm. Which is, I thought that was kind of cool. He's an ex-cop, but he became a pimp because he's just a piece of shit. And uh, his top bitch gets taken, and he has to go and find her. And it turns out the guy's a serial killer. There's some very cool shots in the movie. It's pretty, pretty solid. I also watched. Has, yes, has Wolfman shown your face to you yet? His face to you yet, or is he still hiding? No, but I've received the offer. How about that? I don't think I'm going to be in town for it, but he's coming to New York in a couple of days. Oh, okay. Can you hear that, by the way? I can't hear anything. Okay, good. Because my neighbor's playing some whack ass Latin American reggaeton shit next door. And I. Dude, am, they brought uh... the fucking Mariachi band out on the street like four days ago at 11 30 at night again. I couldn't Hell believe yeah. it. They had a food truck. They had the fucking the dancers, the singers, the big guitars. The whole block was swarmed. It made me sick. It made me want to get the fuck out of New York. I couldn't imagine living next door to them or living in the same building as Jesus Christ. If it was, well, it the was thing loud. Is... And, and I'm like a good couple of blocks like away from them. I can't imagine what it's like to live on that street. Well, we have a very religious neighbor 
um but his kid is just <laughs> just trash just just like trashy uh uh, bad bunny reggaeton shit and as soon as his dad leaves he just today at like nine in the morning he's just blasting that shitty music out loud and I'm just like fucking if if your father knew he would beat you even though you were like 25 <laughs> uh, and right now he just started playing his shitty music and i'm just over here like just get some fucking headphones you know that that's that's the thing that i i find very like when it comes to to living with neighbors it's just living it's like whenever i want to listen to my shit i just put headphones in and i think i don't know if it's like a latin american thing but uh we still get people listening to their phones out loud like to music out loud in like buses and shit oh then i don't think and, it's a latin uh, american thing i think that's an african-american thing okay well i guess this this ones are trying to be african-americans but they don't get there because they're costa rican um but it's like the same thing of just like if you, you listen to whatever you want i don't care like i i don't like criticizing people's music taste because it's just like just listen to whatever the fuck you want i don't care as long as i don't have to hear it but with this guy he's always just kind of like oh great well i guess i'm gonna be vibing to that garbage now that's great it's very yeah fun. anytime uh, i wake up early i will blast music in this apartment and i've gone out into the hallway to like drop off garbage and i was like oh I guess the whole hallway can hear my music because the walls are pretty thin here, which I should have oh. guesstimated to begin with because I can frequently hear my neighbors fucking. I can hear, okay. and I, but what I've uh, gleaned from hearing their fucking so frequently is that the guy is like very submissive and takes it up the ass because oh. he does all these, uh, uh, like he drags it out. Which men do not <laughs> typically do. And I'm talking, drags it out for 30 seconds. Now, why would you drag it out for 30? You're not like stroking in a girl no. and going, ah, like a baby, no. like a big baby. Nah, you're probably getting your prostate yep. examined. It's something, something just slowly inserting into this yep. guy. It's going it's, in yep. and out, in <laughs> and out. And honestly, I take a look at the couple and he's like typical soy boy and she's butch soccer player girl. You know, mm -hmm. it looks like, oh, you're a gay guy and you're a lesbian who are into each other, huh? Yeah. Just a typical New York relationship. It, it really is. It truly is. Yeah. So that's what I'm so I'm having to deal with is that. And then you go down the block and it's a Mexican family or not even Mexican. They're probably like Puerto Rican or some shit. Well, Mexicans in the holidays are really nice. So if you ever want to interact with a Mexican, I think the holidays are the best time because they have the posadas, which is just nine days of party. And where they welcome everyone. I think it goes from like the, I want to say 14th or 15th to 24th. And um, it's just a nightly party where you celebrate like, you know, honesty one day and then strength another and loyalty another. And uh, by celebrate, I mean, everyone just gets drunk and eats. Uh, but every day they have like a different thing. Uh, so if you ever want to make friends with your Mexican yeah, neighbors. I'm going to call the police. That's what I'm going to do. <laughs> as soon as I hear that go on for a second day, the first time's a warning. The second time, I'm calling the fucking police. That's what I'm going to do. Well, the problem with that is that you know the ones who are showing up are also Mexicans or Puerto Ricans or whatever, so they're just going to have a good time at the posada. There were, there were like 60 people out on the block. It was a, I think it was a Monday or Sunday night, 1130 at night, filling the block loud 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 music it's like don't you fuck don't you work don't you go no. work in the morning 
it's remarkable. What do you think? Do you think they need to have energy to work at a bodega? No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you're delivering food. You don't need to sleep 10 hours. Other than that, I did watch two other things. I watched The Palace, which was the new Roman Polanski movie that does not really oh. feel like a Roman Polanski movie. And Mickey Rourke's good in it, but that's about it. And I also watched Merry Little Batman. Was that The Palace as funny as that clip was? That they released like five months ago. Remember that clip that was on Twitter where it's just yes. Mickey Rourke being weird? Yes. No, is it, is um, it... that's the no. best of it, to be honest with you. That's really disappointing because that clip, I was like, okay, all right, Polanski, come back with like weirdo comedy. I'm down. But if that's like the funniest scene, then that, I guess I'm just going to continue ignoring his career like I have been for the past, I don't know. It's Always. a bunch of, yeah, it's a bunch of actors who they're like very hey, we're foreign actors overseas, mm. you know. It's not as bad as Squid Game or anything like that, but certainly when you're dealing with uh I don't know, I I think I just expected more from Roman Polanski because even when he's not great, his movies are still elevated in an artistic yeah. way. Like a movie such as Carnage, for example, with Christoph Waltz and Kate Winslet and uh, John C. Riley. That movie was still pretty solid, even though it wasn't, you know, stellar. But this movie was just very middling. It just felt like a generic '90s comedy. If I'm being honest with you, John Cleese isn't particularly funny in it. Uh, mm -hmm. Mickey, Mickey's actually trying compared to what we were watching on that. What was it? Where the microchip was in his Chihuahua, and they killed him, and they they tried to kill the Chihuahua, and Tom Sizemore was in there, and they didn't bother trying to like oversaturate his skin to make him seem oh, yeah. more alive. Um, that movie, he was actually given a real performance. It felt like Mickey cared about whatever he was doing with this character because he was working with a real director, you know? So do you, do you, do you think he cares about his career again? Mickey Rourke? Mm-hmm. Cause I, I mean, I honestly, I think it would just be a matter of if he started getting real, like, I don't want to say real. That's very dismissive. But compared to what we were watching for Civic TV anyway, it's very easy to dismiss those directors and those movies because they're just made for Redbox money and to uh, wash the money so whoever can use them for illegal means and not you know have to worry about the IRS or FBI. So uh, I think if you were getting more frequent roles from directors that are celebrated or have some sort of a great uh, uh, resume behind them. I think he would take it a lot more seriously than what he's done in the past couple of years, but because his face and the fucking surgery, it's very hard to put that kind of guy in just any role. If he was not what he has turned himself into currently, I think he would be getting pretty often serious roles in movies, but that's not the case. He should be, but I'm looking at his upcoming uh, projects and, uh, well, you got Not Another Church movie that's supposed to be no. in that vein of Not Another whatever movie. He's, no, don't tell me he's top, doing that kind of shit now. He's top build. There's a Jamie Foxx character that's the god, apparently. Jamie Foxx is in the movie. Well, Jamie Foxx yeah, is kind of I... down on his luck these days. Let's take a look at this, please. Not another church movie. He plays the devil. Jamie Foxx. No, this sucks. Why is Jamie Foxx doing this? You got what's what's she in? She was in one of those. Was it Martin my wife Lawrence's and kids? Wife? 
my wife and kids that's what it was yeah and kyla pratt she also looks familiar but i can't okay, remember yeah what she... she uh did the proud family and a couple of other things why why are they doing this yeah i'm not sure who's i bet you this had like a no. real title or something and then whoever bought it was like we're gonna call it not another church movie remember those those will come back remember around this. all right we'll watch it oh my god why that is jamie fox that? by the way Singing to new lows in real time. Vika Fox. How could they afford Jamie Foxx? Oh, okay, so they're playing on the Tyler Perry. Thing. Yes. Get it. Yeah. Okay. All right. Did you see that cardboard ass chainsaw? Oh. <laughs> ooh. Ooh. Damn. You could afford Jamie Foxx. You couldn't get a real fucking chainsaw. You can't go buy a, a chainsaw at Home Depot for a day and then you. Can return it the day after? No, it's just cardboard. It's great. Also, pause real quick. Yeah. I'm, I feel like I've been taking a lot of jabs at black people on this episode, but what the fuck is with the... It's always a particular kind of house that they have in these black movies that go to Tubi. Yep. Have you noticed that? It's always the yep. white walls, and then mm -hmm. if you back it up a little bit, back to the chainsaw bit, not for us to rewatch this for a seventh time, but it's always this type of house that they use for yeah. these movies. What is with that? Why do they do that? Are they? Just, what, is it's this like, somebody's aunt's house? Is this just a, a typical B and B rent? What the fuck is that? Yeah. Why are you trying to make us believe that you read? We know you don't. <laughs> <laughs> Mickey's probably just like a voice. I bet you. I don't think he's actually going to be in the movie. Maybe they did like full on. What's that movie with Tom Cruise? Was it Legend? Maybe they do like full on Tim oh, Curry legend prosthetics on him. Okay, we're gonna see Mickey's Mickey's name come up here in the credits. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Jamie Foxx is God. And Oh, there it is. Oh, so it's just okay. a All green right. screen. Okay. Do you have a green screen, Mickey? Can you record your, your lines in front of a green screen? Sure. That's what this is. Because here's not my prediction. Jacket Here, on. Here's my prediction right now. They made the movie. They made the movie without Jamie Foxx or Mickey Rourke. They did get Vivica A. Fox. She did Celebrity Apprentice. She does Sharknado movies. She's kind of cheap. Well, Kyla cool Pratt, Cat, right? Cool Cat. Yes, Cool, cool Cat, Cat saved the. <laughs> she was in that movie. There you go. <laughs> Kyla Pratt. That's a Disney Channel washed up girl. You know, she probably hasn't been getting any roles. She was thinking Vivica A. Fox. I know Vivica A. Fox from Kill Bill. Cool. All right, count me in. Then a company bought it and they were like, okay. We can actually sell this. There will be an audience for this. Let's up the budget a bit. We'll pay for Jamie Foxx. We'll pay for Mickey Rourke. We'll sell the names. And, uh, you know, we'll be able to make a dime off of this thing. I'm going to talk about Merry Little Batman a, a bit. Merry Little Batman is an animated film that Warner Brothers decided to sell off to Amazon Studios and MGM. It was very peculiar seeing this. Batman, even if it's a children's Batman movie, to see an MGM logo in front of that as opposed to just the Warner Brothers, standard Warner Brother logo. And I had seen the trailer and I had seen a couple of illustrations from the movie many months ago. And I thought, okay, this is kind of interesting. I don't like the Damian Wayne Robin character. I hate the idea of Batman as a dad. And I did not really care for the Batman that's in the children's movie here, Merry Little Batman. But I have to say, it was a very enjoyable Christmas film. Very enjoyable animated movie here. Yes, this is Merry. This is the most terrible thumbnail you could have selected for this movie. But yeah, 
I love the Amazon Prime logo yeah. that's right there. So yeah. this feels a lot like the Burton and Schumacher movies. Somebody commented on my Facebook page because I posted my letterbox review over there. They said those two styles are so different. Are they when it comes to when it comes to a, a, a an animation or and this isn't really for toddlers. It's actually kind of felt like a 90s cartoon. It felt like it was for like the eight to 12 crowd, not hmm. the four year old crowd, in spite of it being a little small baby Batman. The animation style jumping between Burton and Schumacher isn't that crazy. They're both very theatrical over-the-top styles just in different ways. One is a little more gothic. One is a little more campy, you know? So I enjoyed this movie. I thought it was a great Batman film, actually. I really appreciated the fact that they used a different kind of animation style than the norm. Yeah, Alfred's nose looks like a penis here, an old penis, a long old penis. <laughs> Very red. The best Batman you've seen in the past couple of years? Honestly, probably it probably is. There's Zack Snyder's Batman. That was great. You know, the Justice League movie. And then there's this. And this is the, the winner, I guess. This is better how than the Batman. I will say that. How do you feel about the reaction that um uh, what's this thing? Flower Moon or whatever? What is it called? No, that's Scorsese. Uh what's it called? Space, space buddies. What is Zack Snyder's new movie? Rebel Moon Part One. Yeah, I was. I had a word. It was right in there. Yeah. What do you feel about the reaction that has been getting from the? Honestly, it's troubling. I, I I'm playing it up on X right now, but if it's at nine percent, that's bad. That is really bad. And the trailer, when I first saw the trailer, I it didn't do much for me. It, it felt very sucker punch, and I wasn't a big fan of sucker punch. But I like I like the scope. I like the the grand scope he has for this thing. Two movies that are going to be four movies because there's going to be the general audience one and then the adults only one. I think that's cool. I like Netflix paying for Nat, uh, Zack Snyder's big ambitious cool. projects, but I didn't like Army of the Dead. Yeah. It's not off to a good start with his streaming contract. I don't know. We'll see. I'll watch it. I'll be happy to watch it. I'm sure there's going to be something I like about it, if only the visuals, you know, but well, 9%, just by, that's, that's rough. Just by quickly reading some of these, I'm, I'm looking at, I don't know, on IMDb, Metascore is 32 right now, but there's a lot of 60s and 40s. Um, then again, the people that are reviewing it negatively, it's not people that I would actually trust when right it comes so th to this anything. is the thing too is rotten tomatoes hasn't been trustworthy for about 10 years and that that might be all right maybe that's a little much maybe like since 2015 i'd say 2015 2016 is probably the last time you can get like a good clear read on rotten tomatoes and trust those critics because it is going to be a majority of critics that aren't publishing their reviews to blogs or youtube and now that's about half that's about half of the Rotten Tomatoes critics. It's not newspaper critics. It's yeah. bloggers. And bloggers' opinions tend to all fall under the same umbrella when you really have a close exam. I mean, not even a close exam. You can step 50 feet back and take a look. And it's just going to be 
a Milky Way of the same opinion. It's it's there's nothing original or interesting there. Jeremy Johns, Chris Stuckman, all those guys, no offense to them, their opinions all blend together. And anything that's getting good reviews in the moment, you can't really trust. You can't trust that history will prove that to be a good film. So, well, also yeah. after reading some of these reviews, it's like, were you guys expecting, like, after being familiar with Zack Snyder's work, whenever you hear a complaint like, um, a movie built so entirely out of spare parts that it may be... Wait, no, hold on, not that one. What is the one that was reading? Oh, um, Snyder's passion project risks becoming subsumed by its own self-importance, but delivers bombastic mayhem and grandiose visuals by the bucket load. He's like, that's Zack Snyder. Like, why are you reviewing... Like, what are you... Are you expecting a, a deep message in one of his... Because that's not what he's about. Like, I he tries some concepts, but you don't really watch a Zack Snyder movie to learn anything or to no, you just want something that's cool looking and some cool action and some retarded. Ass you, right. You, that, you have to treat it. Zack Snyder. I think the same way. So the guy who did neon evangelion Genesis, I guess the finale of that, I haven't watched all of it. I guess the finale of that has a lot of crosses and a lot of crucifixion and, what okay. there, there's imagery of that and then he was asked about it and he's like so is there some sort of religious allegory to this and he was like oh no i just think it looks cool you know right. and you gotta you gotta <laughs> treat like Zack snyder essentially in that same regard although i think he is christian and he does implement that and there's certainly plenty of jesus metaphor with the henry cavill superman but yeah. it's just it just looks cool it's just supposed to be cool you know that's all that there is to it he was given the opportunity to pitch something as a star wars project they yeah. said no thank you so then he's like all right well i'm gonna do it anyway i just won't call it star wars and if you watch the trailer yeah. they literally have fucking lightsabers so i don't i mean he might get in trouble for that but good for him good for him for trying something different and just taking it off in another direction and making it an original ip I'm also looking at because I was curious as to what's getting good reviews right now. And uh, would you believe that the Wonka movie has 84%? <laughs> See, this is what I'm talking about. Like the Wonka movie is going to be. Is anyone talking about the Wonka movie? All the reviews I've said have essentially been summed up to, hey, it was better than I expected it to be. Hey, it was actually not that bad. But you know what? For a Wonka movie, that's not good enough. For a Wonka yeah. movie, you should be impressing the audience and leaving. Like, you have a, a big shoes to fill with that 70s Gene Wilder one. But also, like it or hate it, the Johnny Depp one certainly made an impression on audiences where people were crept out by him. He was doing something interesting with that character, even if it was maybe the most agreeable thing. And mm. there's plenty of style to that Tim Burton, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory that I think makes it a watchable film and stand out on its own this movie is cardboard this movie's mm -hmm. fucking nothing you will not remember that this movie was made in about three months i didn't even know it was coming out this year i thought it was set for next year and then all of a sudden it was like hey wonka's playing at the local theater okay so okay it's wonka and it's a it, it, you know what oh god it just it's frustrating to look at it because it could be so rich with character and they yeah. chose to take the blandest approach. And maybe part of that is hiring. I know the Paddington movies are the best movies of all time. The fucking Paddington bear. I don't care. 
I'm never going to watch that shit. I'm not fucking eight years old. I'll watch Merry Little Batman. I'll have a great time. But getting a very sterile vanilla director like that, who's going to put Hugh Grant as the Oompa Loompas or whatever, you know, I think that's just, it was a bad decision top to bottom. And I don't know. Well, it's another one of those, uh, you guys don't or haven't figured out why the original works so well. It's not a it's not a nice fun movie for the family. It's got a lot of really dark things that happen in the surface under the surface in that movie, which is why it's still interesting to watch, even though it came out in like what seventy five or something like that. Uh, and uh, Gene Wilder's performance is so good at just being a a, a character that you, you don't know what to expect next. You know, he could be a psycho uh character that's killing these children or he could just be a, a nice guy with good intentions you don't know anything about him until the end which makes him a very interesting character you don't know what his next move is going to be and then if you remove that from this character then it's like what what is it left the candy the factory that not really why that movie still works if you if you watch it now i'm not I'm not as big as a, a, a fan of that Tim Burton movie. I, I remember it being kind of a, giving me a headache when I, I saw it in the theater. Uh, and I'm a, a big fan of the original. So when they announced this, I was like, you're going to find one of the, uh, I, I don't want to say one of the greatest performances because I don't know if that's exaggerated, exaggeration, but I think when it comes to Gene Wilder, it's definitely one of his greatest performances. And he's a, he was a great actor before he died looking like a, like chicken. <laughs> well, Gene Wilder's an interesting story because if you take a look at any talk show appearance of his, his after like 1990 or so, he doesn't seem like a real person anymore. Mm -hmm. He seems yeah. like they performed a lobotomy or something on him and he's just, you know, driving through life in this this shell of human flesh. You know, it's weird. And I think that might have been because he was in a relationship with Gilda Radner back in the 1980s and she died prematurely. Oh boy. That's, that's a rough image right there. Okay. And that yeah. was, that was him doing well. That's, so. when you, that's what happens when you date comedians. <laughs> they just suck <laughs> like but uh, I saw some clips of him on like Conan O'Brien and he just seems out of it. He seemed like he didn't want to be there. And I think, Maybe maybe just losing Gilda Radner is what what brought all of that to a halt and made it stop being enjoyable to him. But very unfortunate. No, I would I wouldn't think it's an exaggeration to say it's one of the best performances. I think it's one of the best performances by an American actor for certain. Even though I understand the decision of of Johnny Depp at the time, Johnny Depp was seen as this multifaceted actor that could do a lot of different things. So I get that. Not a huge fan of the direction that they ended up going with with that character in that Tim Burton movie, but I don't I don't mind it. It's something different. He knew he couldn't top Gene Wilder, and Gene mm -hmm. Wilder was weird, eerie, but in yeah. a subdued way. Like you wouldn't want to be alone in a room with a guy. Yeah. He's got a serial killer vibe to him, which is what they were going for. And yet you still took him as maybe not the bad guy because Slugworth was a more obvious bad guy. Yeah. There's really no bad guy in Willy Wonka in the Chocolate Factory, I just realized. Well, maybe there's, they're shitty parents. I guess so. Is it just Violet, really? I I guess. Her dad was pretty bad. Uh, but then but then also like okay, so so again, uh if we're taking the nineteen 
70 when did it come out 70 places 71 72 or something like uh, that. 71 yeah when you take that as reference um this is not a character that you're curious about what his upbringing was like how how did willy wonka become willy wonka because you don't really know anything about him you just know he's the guy with the factory yeah. and that's why it works because you don't need a backstory for him he's just kind of weird you know he's uh he's singing on that boat ride and it's a little eerie it's a little oh i thought this guy was gonna be friendlier and this is kind of creepy you know but doesn't that goes away as soon as you learn that he acted in some way in high school wait, wait, <laughs> you know I, what I mean? here's like, the thing too is i don't think that there's anything mysterious or creepy about timothy chalamet timothy chalamet gets a lot of flack i don't think he's a bad actor at all but he's certainly not that wonka archetype you know i think you should have went with somebody and maybe this just goes to show that there's not really any interesting young actors that could be the biggest thing of all is that there's nobody who fits that eerie mold that somebody like a Christian Slater, maybe. There, there's not a Christian Slater in this day and age. Yeah. Well, even even the kid from, or the kid, he's probably 30, uh, from the, what is that movie called? Holdovers? The movie we were talking about? The the Christmas in Massachusetts movie? Long That kid, Long that was Holders. his debut acting appearance. I watched him and I was like, damn. Peter Vax got some competition now because he <laughs> yeah. he's a younger version of Peter Vax. Essentially, he's got that same sharp, edgy vibe to him. He's very good. He's very good in the holdovers. The name is not coming to mind at the moment. But at least someone interesting like that that doesn't look just like I feel like uh, my biggest problem with Chalamet is not so much about his acting ability because I I do believe that he's a good actor. It's just that there's. And this is something that, that Hollywood does every five years, I think, where they just grab on to one guy and then it's like, well, he's going to be on everything. And it's like, well, he will be good for some things. But if you're, you know, if you want him to play this character where he's, he's just like a little soft, pretty boy, like that doesn't really work with who the character becomes, right? Yeah. So then when you have that face... You're, you, I don't know what you would expect from, from his performance, so I can't really shed on him for t taking this role. I'm sure he was getting paid handsomely, and I'm sure the the Hollywood factory is forcing him, well, maybe not forcing him, but it's like, you can't say no to a project like this. But at the same time, it's like, couldn't you find an, a young actor that's maybe, uh, e even if it's just look-wise, that would look a little bit more interesting than someone that's just saturating i'm willing to bet especially... you i would bet 150 dollars they went to robert pattinson first wow which is even more in its own way uninspired because he's what he's what's considered like an interesting young actor he gets cast he's... in all the weird roles you know right. because he's batman now also so they were definitely thinking hey why don't we just get robert pattinson he's already in the batman movie we'll get him for wonka and he probably saw the script and was like, ah, I think I'm good. I think I'm well, doing too many of these commercial he, roles. He's already 37 too, right? So he's Damn, not that he... young anymore. <laughs> yeah, he's my, he's my same year as me. Uh, but but I guess, yeah, I don't know. I When it comes to a movie like this, do you even need a name actor? I feel like the name sells the movie. You don't. Need it would be a... much more interesting if they didn't get a name actor. Because yeah. then you're doing exactly what the movie is doing, which is, hey, yeah. we're introducing you to 
who this person is going to become. They did like a McLovin thing and they just picked up some kid off the street, you know? Yeah. I'm not saying it's cast a, little a fucking weird. dork, some loser who will disappear after four years as Willy Wonka, but just get, just be inspired. Like take a little bit of time. You, especially if you're filling out other roles with known actors, you know, I think you can, mm -hmm. though, then you don't even really need it because the Wonka name is the Wonka name. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And then you get huge grant, huge Hugh. Hugh Grant as every Oompa Loompa because that, that worked the, out was that so the joke well. on set. Oh, huge, huge Grant yeah. plays the littlest character. <laughs> I it wouldn't. That's probably uh, how they came up with that idea too. Yeah. Someone misspoke and they were like, Haha, "Wait a minute, wait let's, a second, let's lean into that." Yeah, hey, Keegan Michael Jeremy Key. Boring as Willy Wonka. <laughs> He's a young up and comer. Ooh. Oh, huh. Let me think. Would that be worse? <laughs> Would that be even worse than this? I don't know. It's two hours, this movie. And then you have a cast of, I would say, some known actors in the States. Michael Key, you got Rowan Atkinson. But then a lot of just British actors that are known over there. Paul, F uh, Rich Fulcher, who's big over there. Matt Lucas, who's big over there. Um. Uh, well, Rowan Atkinson is a legend in England. Like everyone kisses his feet. I remember I went to uh, when I was in film school. He he went to talk to us with this little presentation thing, and everyone was listening to their shit because they made him do this the the Smeagol voice. And I was like, that sucks because that I thought you were going to say long... he was doing Mr. Bean in person. I would I would be fangirling if he wait. Am I confusing Rowan Bean? Atkinson with I am confusing Rowan Atkinson with Smeagol guy? What's his name? Andy I Sergis. can't believe I just did that. Yes. They're nothing alike. That's not even close. That's they like look the same. mixing up listen, uh, Ian McKellen and Wesley Snipes. Yeah. Well, listen, we didn't get Rowan Atkinson. That would have been more fun, I think. Yeah. <laughs> we got we got Andy Serkis and he did his voice and everyone was like, yeah, it's boys. And I was like, we're doing Mr. Bean now. I guess now I know why he didn't. You should have said that. You should have made that request. Um, yeah, also, I want question. to say last... This is not related to anything, but it just came to mind abruptly. We did a live stream on Lady Ballers, and we had probably the biggest turnout of live viewers that we had gotten concurrently anyway. Uh, it seems like the viewership died immediately following that, which is fine. But for the live viewers, we were up against Nick Mullen's new special. We were up against, uh, I think, the Million Dollar Extreme channel was also streaming at the same time. Yeah. And then there was somebody else as well like red bar somebody was going and uh among all those options they still we still had like a loyal dedicated audience of people who picked tuning into us so we're going to be doing more live streams to come for sure yeah, uh, yeah i think yeah, yeah. it's it's a fun more energetic atmosphere to things so if we can if we can get on a like a regular schedule of that i think that would be uh kino from the kino how would you how would you feel about doing a uh, one episode of Civic TV before Christmas. I mean, that, I'm that, I'm game for it, but uh, that, it would depend on the time and what we're watching mm -hmm. and what is what is going to happen with that. Because again, we have like a bank of Civic TV episodes that are just sitting there. Oh yeah, they're probably not going. So I don't I don't know I don't know. We'll okay. see. Well, I'm I'm down for live streams. Live streams are always fun. We like could, that. at the very least, do like a live watch episode of movies. Right? 
Mm-hmm. We'll, we'll figure out what we can do. But then there's also, Which, hey, what what should we watch for Christmas? Or Christmas. Uh, Christmas with the Cranks. Tim Allen, Jamie Christmas Lee Curtis. Movie. Is that is that where he becomes Santa? No, is that the Santa Claus? That's the Santa Claus. Oh, I don't know. Christmas, Christmas with the Cranks was it came out the same year as that James Gandolfini, Ben Affleck Christmas movie. I think it was called Surviving Christmas. Hmm. Is that about them being cranky? Is that what they're called, the Cranks? I think so. I think they're very anti-Christmas or something, and then they hmm. they have to learn to love Christmas because. Something in the neighborhood. That's all those mm. movies. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not. I'm, I think it would be fun. I, I think it would not. be a great time. Christmas. Can we just watch it? Let's watch the trailer of Christmas with the Cranks because I don't actually remember what the movie's about. I'm assuming it's that because it, I think they're an older, childless couple in their 60s or 50s or however old they're supposed to be at the time. And they have to learn. But the spirit of Christmas is pretty good. Okay. By the way, have um, you seen the uh, the new Godzilla movie yet? No, it's not. I haven't found a I haven't found a screener, and it's not out here yet, which is unfortunate because I, I I I'm sure that if it was the American one, it would be here already. But because it's damn, not. there are so many art like the keep Christ in Christmas people. I was just thinking about that and the whole gun control issue. It's just like wow, mm. those have just been cauterized. They're gone now. Those are not talking yeah. points anymore. Ooh, John Tron has a Christmas with the Cranks video that just showed over six years ago, nine million views. Yeah, that sounds oh. fucking horrible. If there's something I hate more than movies like this, it's the genre of YouTuber, which we are not falling into right now, of, hey, oh. let's take a deep dive on that obscure movie from 16 years ago that your parents would have rented at Blockbuster. Nah, we're not doing that shit. Yeah. Absolutely. There's not. a there's a two? Oh no. I wish there was a Christmas with the Cranks 2, said someone here. We need more awesome and absolutely amazing and well-made Christmas movies like this one. That sounds like one of those Lady Ballers comments where you're just like, mm. you don't believe anything you just said. That was <laughs> the gaffer on Christmas with the Cranks one. <laughs> yeah. So. Two stars. Yeah, They're, they do make these uh, a Christmas story. Christmas was pretty good. That was last year. Forgotten. Gone because HBO Max turned into Max. And uh, it's just being mishandled now by Zasloff, which I, I, I read a report recently that said HBO no, or Warner Brothers rather has a 60 percent chance of going bankrupt. Hmm. That's fun. I hope so. I don't. I don't. I don't hope. I'm rooting for them to get it together because the what's going to happen here is what's happening right now to Paramount. Paramount is about to be sold to a, another company. So you're going to have all these titans falling down and getting absorbed into something else. I think Paramount, for example, is at risk of being acquired by, which I don't even know how they have the money for this, by Netflix. Netflix is okay. considering making a uh making an attempt at acquiring paramount which includes cbs it includes all the films paramount plus everything showtime i think showtime is done with showtime might be gone now i saw another article that said they were getting rid of that so warner brothers isn't hulu, warner brothers falls that's that's bad that is very bad isn't hulu part of paramount too or something no no, no, no. hulu Disney? falls under fox 
oh, which okay. falls under Disney. Yeah, I mean, it's difficult to root against it when all of this shit already happened, what, like 10 years ago, right? When everyone started, when Disney started buying everything. And well, I just, I just too, want if, if Disney maintains its standing, it is hemorrhaging money, which is why they're reshooting all of their movies that were set for release for next year from the Snow White film to the new Captain America that does not have Captain America in it. For some reason, they're doing that again, like the Black Panther thing. Uh, they're they're like, oh, fuck, if we screw this up another year, we're looking real bad. We're going to have to start selling some of these properties. If they maintain their standing, though, then they can buy Warner Brothers. They could probably buy Paramount. And then everything is Disneyfied. And that sounds fucking horrible. That sounds like the worst yeah. case scenario. So... Warner Brothers needs to rebound. Warner Brothers needs to make a comeback. They need to knock it the fuck off with putting all the Discovery horrible documentaries on Max and cutting movies that could potentially... Like, the Merry Little Batman thing is one of the better comic book things I've seen come out of the Warner Brothers lot. And that had an MGM logo in front of it because they sold it to Amazon. So what the fuck are they doing over there? I don't know. I don't know, but it's poor decision making left and right, and they got to get it together. They really do because it is looking bleak. It's looking bad. James Gunn. Does anyone give a fuck about anything James Gunn is planning right now? No, and they shouldn't. They shouldn't. Yeah, that. Uh, I'm. I'm. I'm way past all that shit too. Like I'm so tired of even trying to pretend that I give a fuck about any of that stuff. Mm -hmm. You know, um, what you should watch is Mazes and Monsters from 1982. I just remembered I watched this movie. That was on the Peacock app. How many streaming services do you pay for? I pay for like 12. Mazes <laughs> and Monsters. I don't know. I even know how this came on my radar. This was a TV movie about the dangers of Dungeons and Dragons. Oh, wow. Bound together yeah. by a desire to play Mazes and Monsters, Robbie and his three college classmates decide to move the board game into a local legendary cavern. Tom Hanks... Um, yes, it stars Tom Hanks, and they, Tom Hanks is a guy who takes Dungeons and Dragons way too seriously, and gets lost in the game. And he's like, "Oh no!" I, I like a demon talks to him and says, "Hey, you should stop fucking your girlfriend." And he's like, "Yeah, I'll stop fucking my girlfriend." And he breaks up with his girlfriend, and then goes into a cave and gets lost. And then he winds up getting so deep into the character, he goes to New York City, and it felt like a weird early 80s propaganda film about keep your kids away from this role-playing game. They might just lose themselves, and it ends with him losing himself. It was so truly funny that Dungeons and Dragons shit. was scary in the 80s. That's so funny. Especially when you know who plays Dungeons and Dragons, and you're just like, really? You're afraid. Do you know anybody who does? Ah, I, I used to, my roommates used to play that shit for hours when I lived in Canada. I told you, they used to make fun of me because I would go out and they'd be like, what are you going to do? Go, go talk to people and girls? And they'd be like, what is going on right now? <laughs> it's like, why am I getting bullied by the two biggest nerds I know <laughs> who are going to be playing with a stranger from Craigslist because they need a third one? There would always be just a, a random guy that showed up and he's like, oh, this is Phil. And we found him on Craigslist because we needed a third and a fourth one. And it's just a guy that's weirder than them that just sits there quietly and is like, this guy's going to kill all of you. I'm going to come back at two in the morning. You're going to be dead. And then I'm going to come back at two in the morning. That sounds fucking terrifying. Gee, I didn't yeah. know they were doing that. I, I wasn't yeah. even thinking, oh, he's just going to sit there quietly. Like, what, It would be worse if 
the guy got way too into it and took it too seriously and was way more over the top. Like he was, I don't know. I think that could go any number of ways and they're all bad. No, there was a couple of times where, you know, when you, when you look at someone and there's like nothing behind their eyes, it's just like, just frequently. Like, like, yeah. And, uh, I remember going up because my, my room was in the basement and I would, went up and we had a, a friend called Lucas who was like the nerdiest person I have ever met in my life who was great just for that reason he was like the stereotypical guy in a movie but in real life with like yeah. glasses and his acne and he used to like drawing uh knights even though he was like 22 and his drawings looked like a five-year-old drew them but he was very proud of his drawings so he was great he was my favorite but then there was always be a fourth one just a fourth guy that I've never seen before and I remember specifically one time I went up and it was just a guy with like perfect posture, just sitting there and then he would look at you, but there's nothing behind his eyes. And I was like, I'm just going to. That sounds come horrifying. Back. Jesus yeah. Christ. It was just when I come back, it's just going to be blood everywhere and all my friends are going to be dead and this guy is going to be gone. Uh, Do you think no, a lot of those guys get tricked into it? You know, like they're they're on Craigslist. They're like, oh, yeah, we need we need a third. And he's thinking. I'm going to suck some dick. And then <laughs> it's like, oh, they well, actually wanted to play Dungeons and Dragons. Well, one All of right. my roommates was with like this super gay guy that I didn't even know was gay until we moved in. He was friends with my other friend. And then he like let out everything afterwards. And I was like, oh, okay. I guess you're very flamboyant. That's fine. I don't give a shit. But then correctly, we're talking about 2010, 13. Yeah, Maybe. Craigslist makes it sound like, okay, this was probably a while back. This is not recent because yeah. who is using Craigslist anymore? Well, especially for that. Like, imagine, hey, um, we want to record a podcast with four people. So I'm just going to make a post on Craigslist saying, hey, do you want to talk about movies with three Yo, strangers? No, we should do that. We <laughs> should do that for Christmas. We should have someone on the show for Christmas from Craigslist Christmas. Oh, yeah. Oh, snap. I think you just came up hey. with the theme of our <laughs> Christmas show. Hey, do you like movies? Do you like talking about movies? Do you have a microphone and a computer? Join us. But now we would it's get, we would get somebody just... like Kenny on the show if that was. Yeah. Well, we might even get Kenny. If just we did Kenny. That. <laughs> He's on Craigslist looking for friends. Uh, yeah, because now, I mean, we're safe. Right through Zoom, you just hang up or kick him out or whatever. No, this guy will come into our home and he will be sitting in our dining room on that big table with all of them. The bathroom was next to my bedroom, too. So I was like, I don't know if I want this. But then I went back home and he was just in the same. I came back, let's say, one, maybe 2 a.m. And he had the same posture, same look in his face, and they were still playing. And I remember them making fun of me, being like, well, I bet you talk to a lot of girls tonight. And I was like, what the, what is going on? <laughs> Why am I being bullied for leaving the house? Uh, but that was, yeah, that's what I was leaving with. Just two, two, I think it was on Wednesdays or Thursdays that they would play. And they would just play for like six, seven hours. Uh, and then they would tell about how intense their campaigns were and how, you know, you have to get it until the end, which is why it takes so long. And I was like, it's just... I, I remember sitting there for maybe the first half hour and everything was so intense and everyone was taking everything so seriously that I was just like, ah, oh, this is definitely not for me. Like I, my tr threshold of like nerd gets to a limit and that limit was, yeah, playing Dungeons and Dragons for five hours. <laughs>
on a Wednesday. That seems so long. But I'll, I mean, I guess it makes sense. Like games of risk would run pretty long, especially if you had a lot of people. It could run up to four hours. But well, that, that was, was another uh, Catan, right? That's an, I, I remember one day because they, I guess they would try to come, make me come into the fold of like their, their board game shit. And, uh, yeah, let's play Catan. I was like, sure, let's do this. And it was just like, oh, now I'm collecting dirt. And, oh, this card means that I have crops now. And I was like, we're fucking three hours in. I want to kill myself. Like, this sucks. This is so boring. Uh, but, yeah, I just, I didn't have the... And What, and it, what before... is the goal of Dungeons & Dragons? Because I've never played before. I've never been privy to a board game session whatever you would call it playing out in real time i don't know what the objective of the game is aside from role playing well there's a, a campaign right where you go into a dungeon from like i i can understand like my understanding is very basic because i never really got deep into it but for what i could understand what they told me was that you have your character that you design at the beginning uh and each character has like different stats and different like things that they're good at and things that they're bad at and then you have to roll a die to see if your character is able to pass through obstacles or like defeat monsters or shit like that. But m one of my roommates also had like 20 books, like 20 different books. And each book is like a different campaign, I think. So then you open the book and you follow the story that the book is trying to tell you. And then depending on what you roll in the die, it means that uh, your character can move forward or not. I think it's something like that. I'm, I'm not sure why it takes so long for, for the campaigns or the games. But, but how do you determine uh, who wins? I I couldn't tell you. I don't know. Because there's also a dungeon master who I think wants everyone to not win so that they win. Uh, see, that's the thing. Like, as soon as he started getting more into details, I was like, you're you're fine. I'm 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 all right. Like I've I've got enough information that I know I'm not gonna be interested. So I'm I'm all right. So I, I couldn't tell you really. It's just, you know, any board game that takes fucking more than two hours to play, I'm kind of like, eh, man, I'm good, you know? Yeah. It doesn't yeah. really appeal to me. Well, uh, I know you are a little pressed for time. What do you got lined up for Christmas? Uh, just dinner here with a couple of friends. I'm not sure if my mom is going to be here because she usually goes to my grandma's house. Uh, so she might do that, but uh, just like a small dinner with my girl and a couple of friends here and uh, ex exchange of presents, I guess. And that's it. Oh, boy. Nothing are you big. expecting any big presents this Christmas? No, I that's the thing. Like my my girl has brought this Christmas element to my life because otherwise, like I, I remember the last time I got a fucking present for anyone. You know what I mean? Like we're in my family, we would have dinner and that's it. Like we were never the you know you have 20 presents or the under the tree family or even on on birthdays like maybe we'll get one thing and that's it but now that my my girl lives with me so like it's become a more traditional like americanized christmas type of thing so it it sucks for me because like i'm all autistic and shit when it comes to giving and receiving presents so i'm just like thank you can i go open it in the bathroom because i don't want anyone to see my reaction <laughs> to it you know what i mean you don't want to em emote uh, in front of people of course exactly i don't want to like i don't know if my face is gonna you know make me seem like an asshole or 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 the opposite so i'm I'm always very uncomfortable when it comes to that to giving and receiving presents but i guess i'm getting used to it now being the you know, second year that we do this this stuff yeah you have to behave like a human being yeah, like a like Christmas an American, 
Yeah, um, uh, Chris, Christmas in America. Don't be such a Grinch, Hans. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I was telling her, like, uh, I remember when I was living in Canada, I had I had friends who had their Christmas gatherings or whatever with their family, but I was by myself there. So a couple of years, I remember it was just me and, and I wouldn't manage my money properly. So by the end of the month, it was just me having ramen, watching fucking Breaking Bad in my laptop or something by myself because my roommates would go to their for the to the family's house. So it's like that's why I don't have like like a, a lot of uh uh festive feelings when it comes to christmas because sometimes it's just like yeah well i'm just gonna do my thing here just like every other day uh but now you know we have a tree up and we have stockings and i didn't learn until today that you're supposed you wear to wear women's stockings. stockings for christmas yeah sexy stockings on the wall <laughs> you can you only present them for thing. the family you walk out and... <laughs> yeah and slap my butt cheeks uh <laughs> yeah i didn't know that the little large well the large socks on the walls you're supposed to stuff them with things i was like no, oh, you're, supposed to, you're supposed to put them on your feet before you go to bed so then they'll wake you'll wake up and they'll be full of chocolates mm -hmm. you walk around with with uh reindeers and, yes. and uh, i love this idea of hans learning christmas traditions <laughs> almost 30 40 seven. years old just understanding <laughs> yeah. now how you're supposed to behave on christmas yeah, it's like, oh, that makes sense. Why would you light up the tree? I thought it was just, you know, annoying with the music and shit. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm learning now. I'm sure that by next year, I'll be all in when it comes to Christmas traditions. Uh, but for now, I'm still... You should No, you should just go Jewish, I think. I think it's too late for Christmas. You could have seven Christmases in the form of Hanukkah. Obviously, it's very unpopular to be Jewish this year. There's so much... Anti-Semitism all over the place. I was just listening to Kanye live stream album, and he then he went on a rant talking about all sorts of things. I think yeah, now yeah. would be like now's the time to invest in being Jewish because it'll pay off later. Yeah, I just I I just feel like I would look very silly with a yarmulke on my head. I don't know. Not that this is that much different, uh, <laughs> but it would just be just just a little a little less just. Yeah. Shapiro, well, no. You know? Now you or, look no, like out of BC on Oz. That's, now that's who I was. Yeah, <laughs> the guy with the little hat that gets fucked. No, he fucks, right? He fucks. He kills. He, he fucks. fucks. He kills again. Then he dies of yeah. an overdose. He's a big time drug addict. Yeah. Great show. Great. Great Christmas show. Christmas and Oz. That's the kind of Christmas we can all hope for <laughs> someday. Yeah. I don't like those traditions. <laughs> that's not the traditions <laughs> that I'm trying to get into at all. <laughs> Little hat, yeah. Not uh, the, not damn, I miss Oz. I miss how dramatic Oz was. I was talking to Anthony Cisco recently, and he got his first speaking role on Blue Bloods, and it was with the lead guy on Oz. So nice. he's Isn't playing he a dead? human trafficker in season 14 of Blue Bloods or whatever the hell it is. Who's the main character in Oz? On is Oz? That, uh, uh, this guy. Ernie Hudson? No. no, he's the warden. He's a supporting character. Luke Who's Perry? <laughs> no. Wait. He plays a preacher and they put him in the wall. And if I remember right, he just starves to death in the wall and dies. What's the wall? A literal wall. Like they sealed him into a wall. Like they were working on a wall and then some bullies pushed him in there and <laughs> bricked it. So he starved to death and died. So which one's the main guy here? Uh, Lee Ferguson. I'm sorry. 
Oh, Tobias that's the Beecher. main guy in Odds? Yes. A white guy is the main guy in Odds? What the fuck? Yes. He has such an I mean, interesting trajectory where he goes in there for a hit and run. He's a family man. He's got a wife and kids. He gets arrested. The judge hits him with the harshest sentence to make a lesson out of him. So people take drinking and driving a little more seriously. And then by the end of the first season, he's just a full-blown homosexual. He's getting pounded in the ass all the time by Christopher Maloney. And then his wife kills herself. So then he's because just like, I guess knowledge. I'm a gay guy now. Yeah. Because of, wow. This, there's so many recognizable faces here. Wow, look at that. That I looks know. very natural. But Oz gets uh, ridiculous and it gets dark. Like, hold on, go back to J.K. Simmons. First, he's J.K. Simmons' bitch. So he's giving him all sorts of massages and he's getting fucked by J.K. Simmons. He's wearing a wig and lipstick. And then finally he fights back and that's when he becomes uh, Christopher Maloney's boyfriend. And then J.K. Simmons, the entire series, just fucking hates Beecher. He hates him so much. And if I remember right, Beecher tries just... to do like an act of good for the J.K. Simmons character by getting him in touch with his son. And then the son has a girl pregnant or something, and then something bad happens to the son. And then J.K. Simmons is like, well, he only got me in touch with my son because he, I knew he was going to do something bad about my... Like he thought his, he was responsible for killing his son or some, something, something like that. And so he took... Beecher's infant son and had him fucking dismembered. And then I think uh, the daughter got kidnapped too. So Beecher's life is just fucking ruined. And then when he does get out of Oz at the end of the series, he gets back, he puts, he's put right back into Oz. And then Christopher Maloney kills himself and tries to frame Beecher for it. It's just so, it's a soap opera. Hey, there's Eric. Uh, It's so dramatic. It's so over the top. BD Wong, there's so many. I mean, I don't, I, I couldn't tell you what I recognize him with, but there's like La Guarda, right? From mm-hmm. Dexter. And then there's the detective from Dexter 2, whatever his name was. There, yeah. Batista. Oh, yeah. and Dokes. It's Dokes here too. Mm-hmm. Maloney, you got Ernie. Who's that? Uh, yeah. There's a lot of people. A lot of famous people played characters. This is a kid from, from The Wire, right? Yeah. There's a few. There's okay. a few from The Wire in there. Yeah, I've never seen Oz. It always seemed very soap, soap opera with anal rape. <laughs> There's a lot. Is that what it is? There's a lot, but it's very funny. Oz is very funny. Oz is, I think, one of the great, the last great shows of the 20th century, and probably one. It's maybe a top 10 HBO show, I would say, for certain. You know what I think we should do? Maybe the shield did you ever watch the shield i tried watching the the premiere of the shield kind of recently after i finished oz earlier this year i was like i need to get into something new what is there that i haven't touched on uh justified in the shield but fx shows for whatever reason i just mm, it's never my cup of tea because they don't go far enough and especially Mm -hmm. that era where it's like we're starting to get a little looser we're you know it would be like watching uh, maybe this doesn't really apply, but it would be like watching Breaking Bad now after we're in like a true detective Netflix yeah. show era where you can say fuck, you can do whatever, and they're still saying mother shit instead of motherfucker. You know, that sort of corniness. Yeah, 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 yeah. I just remember that there's a lot of really dark moments in this. So, But I, 
I'm sure it's like that thing where you remember the moments more than all the filler that goes around those moments. So you're mm -hmm. like, oh, cool. There's that scene where the Walton Goggins character kills one of his friends in a ruthless way. And then he just slowly dies as he stares at him. But everything that comes before that is just kind of like corny, like you said. So then yeah. it's like you're kind of just waiting for those moments, those shocking moments that come. Uh because I, I remember enjoying this a lot, but now that you mentioned that, it's like, yeah, it is it is kind of safe when it's pretending to not be. Mm -hmm. You know, like there's a there's a storyline that's really interesting about one of the uh DAs, I think it was, who gets forced into blowing this this um criminal and then he the criminal gets arrested and gets sent to jail and then he tries to get things from these da because he's like well i'm gonna let everyone know that you suck my dick uh and is this thing of like he wanted to kill him but he didn't kill him because he's being a good da or a good cop or whatever but then now that he's like going to tell everyone he's kind of like oh fuck i should have killed him so should i get someone to kill him so I feel like not many shows go into like that thing of like, is this character being going to be considered as gay now? And that's bad because he's a cop. And is it, especially for like 2002, Oz. right? That sounds so much like Oz, okay. except they don't <laughs> well, really that... give a fuck about gay anything. And although yeah. if you're in the Aryan Brotherhood and you're, you're getting fucked, nah, you're not going to be in the Aryan Brotherhood anymore. You're going to be dressed <laughs> up like a doll and paraded around. That's what's going to happen, you know? Yeah. So yeah. there's a lot of those internal um, relationship dynamics, I guess you could call them, that are on that show, naturally. It's an all-male show. But yeah, it, even Oz, Oz had a lot of filler in it, too. And that was 10 episodes a season for six seasons. There's not that many episodes of Oz comparatively. But you have yeah. to fill it with hot air, especially if you don't know, if you don't have like a clear goal in place, which many of these shows, if not the vast majority of them, don't know how they're going to end they wind up getting into these very trivial uh, subplots and uh, things of that matter. So you got to be prepared to take it all on. And with something like the shield, when I put that on, I, I don't know, I think I just expected more and mm -hmm. I still had my, you know, I did tune my brain to like, Oh, it's 2000. It's basic cable. Yeah. You know, but I couldn't, I couldn't commit to it. Yeah. Burn notice is next then. Okay, burn, <laughs> well, notice. burn notice is, that's like Batman Forever tier of television, yeah. right? So that's it. That's easier yeah, so to understand. Great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So good is what you're saying. So worth watching. Burn notice is burn watching. That's lower res Wonder Red said. Well, episode. I what don't think 500? so, but hey, maybe burn notice will have its day <laughs> since Suits is the most yeah. popular show of all time, of course. Yeah. According to what Netflix streaming numbers, yeah, Netflix or bullshit something. analytics, Netflix yeah. fucking according to Netflix lies. Yeah, yeah. Uh, all right. I think we've reached the, the 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 end point of this episode. What do you want to do for the next show? Um, uh, do you want to do poor things? Is that out? No, that ain't out. Not unless we're watching a cam copy, which what I about... really would prefer not to do. What about Chicken Run, Dawn of the Nugget? That sounds kind of racist. Nah, I don't. I don't think so. I don't think that'll be okay. on the docket for me. What about that incel movie with uh with uh what's his name from the social the network? From the network. 
No, the social manosphere social is what you're talking about. Yeah. No, is that what it's called? No, it's called man. I think it's, I think it's called manosphere. I thought you were talking about Jesse Plemons. For Jesse Eisenberg. That's no. Civil War, the new Alex Garland movie where it's... Texas and California are aligned and fighting Washington D.C. and it's not a political thing, but it is a political thing. No, it's called Manodrome. Manodrome. And and uh, he looks like like this. That's a cool look for him. He should have kept that look. He should have yeah, done the Shia LaBeouf thing and just kept whatever character he was playing as his personality. Yeah, I get a chest tattoo that says Inso. Um, so that that's one that I have downloaded and I have not seen because I'm, I'm kind of putting it off because I don't really care. Uh, what about the Scorsese movie that no one's talking about anymore? <laughs> I told Oki we would cover that with him and that was like three months ago. So maybe, okay. maybe we could do that. Yeah, Killers of the Flower Moon really fell off the radar for people. It seems like it doesn't seem like many people are latching to that one like they did the Irishman. But, uh, didn't the Irishman had kind of a similar lifespan though, where everyone praised it at the first, and then it's just like, cool, it got an Oscar nomination, I guess, or a bunch of them. But I don't think that people were talking about that movie afterwards other than i think, I think they were talking the... about it for longer for sure because you had de niro and pacino and pesci especially being in there that kept the conversation going but this movie the conversation is dead already i think the irishman yeah. that talk continued into the next year a little bit and then after the oscars basically it was over but killers of the flower moon nobody wants to talk about this movie nobody's very interested in this movie I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't know what's wrong with it. I'll sit down and I'll watch it. I got a copy downloaded right now, so yeah, I will too. get around to seeing it. Yeah, I, I think it's just the the putting three hours, four hours, you know, four, four yeah. hours, just committing four hours to a story. It's kind of that's the only thing that has kept me from watching it so far. Even though I have it, I was going to go to the theater and see it. I had plans to do that. Didn't get around to doing it. I have it on here. I've had it on here for weeks. The four-hour runtime is really, it's like, do I have that time to commit right now? And the answer usually is yeah. no, I don't. I have to do things. So it's tough. I have I have that. I have the Jesse Eisenberg movie you were just talking about. I have Onyx, the fortuitous movie, which doesn't really huh? look good, you know, so um, but I have it. Priscilla? Ah, Priscilla, uh, yeah, Priscilla. Maybe we will cover that. I think we could consider okay. covering that. Maybe we'll bring DC on for it. He's a big fan of that movie for some reason or another. Priscilla is out on YTS. Yeah, we I never covered that. the killer. The, yeah, I, I feel like the moment for the killer is past. Dead. Yeah. So not that uh, one. I have the first slam dunk downloaded. Do you know anything about the, the first slam dunk? I know about the anime. It's a basketball it's anime. A, it's an anime movie. That's right. Okay. Is it a prequel of the... Thing? Oh, it is. Oh, it is based on that. It's a prequel or something? Manga. I don't know anything about it. I just remember seeing it playing in theaters, and then I found a copy of it. And I have it. And I've been on a big basketball kick this year. So I downloaded it. Okay. Maybe you could do that, I guess. I've never, I'm not a huge anime person, but no, me either. I hate anime. 
disgusts me. Yeah. But I like yeah. basketball, so maybe a basketball anime could be cool. Who knows? Who knows what we have in store? Uh, there's also there's another movie too that I think just came out that I'm interested in covering for the show. But I don't want to take a look at one, two, three movies and see what it is. I think there's a cam somewhere. Oh, Eileen. Eileen seems like it could be good. A lot of people are talking about May, December. Did you see May, December? It's on Netflix. It's about the Mary Kay Letourneau pedophilia scandal from the 90s. No. They got some ugly-ass fucking Asian guy as the lead. Charles Melton. This tiny little face, man. I think of Charlie Kirk anytime I see this fucking guy. Can we pull up a picture real quick of Charles yeah. Melton? He's got a massive head and a tiny face. He looks revolting. I can't imagine wanting to give this man a, any sort of award at a ceremony, let alone having him show up. He'd frighten people. No, this is a handsome photo of him. This is not what I'm talking about here. Give me... This is a little more accurate. The face-to-head proportion is not quite there. I need a screen cap from the movie. Hold on. Like let an, me let me send you my like, Twitter feed. It looks like an invisible person is holding his nose close like that. Yes. I think he probably got surgery done or something. I bet you had like a real thick Asian nose and his parents bullied him into getting uh, reconstructive surgery. Here's, here's what I'm talking about. Nah, that's just an Asian man. Here, I'm sending it to you right now on okay. Facebook Messenger. Pull this up on the screen, please. Oh, this is a compare comparison here that I made with Charlie Kirk, with Charles Melton, who's this new hot young actor. Man, they, they cannot cast good-looking young people for the life of them, it seems like. There you go. Charles Melton, May, December. <laughs> this is the same guy. Yeah, Charlie Kirk. I disgusting. mean, you know that, yeah. It's just a tiny little, yeah. It's just ethnic Charlie Kirk. Yeah. It's Char Charlie Kirk. I, I tried. Damn that that fell apart so fast. Um, so we'll we'll take a look at the list. Eileen looks good. It's set in the 1960s, I think, during uh something in Massachusetts in a mental facility. The trailer looked good when I saw it in the theater, but we'll we'll see. Is no. it an Eileen Warnos story? Nah, it's a, it's a based on a. I actually read the book ten years ago or something like that from Odessa, uh, uh like Moshfag is her name, I think. Mm. Oh yeah, you're not that far. <laughs> Much F E G H. Yeah. Uh, so they're they're very close. Yeah. Uh, a woman's friendship with a new coworker at the prison facility where she works takes a sinister turn. Oh, okay. It's Neon. Neon's good, right? That publisher. They I guess so. Publisher. Risks. Yeah, they're they're a little more... I think they're kind of reliable compared to A24 or somebody like that, you know? I think that their yeah. general output is a, is a bit... Uh, I don't want to say a bit more sophisticated, but it, it is. Yeah, a little weirder, a little... They take more risks. I guess mm -hmm. you got the infinity mm -hmm. pools. You got the triangle of sadness, crimes of the futures. Okay, well now uh, you're making me not believe what I just said a second ago. The the titan titan. All right, maybe hey. I don't like neon that much, but I think that uh, they are willing to take big swings. I will say bad that. hair. Uh, um, um, 
Uh, portrait of a lady on fire. Parasite. Okay, all right, we That's got them. it. Yep. Um, the biggest little farm. That sounds good. Whole, I'm sure that's great. That sounds like a wholesome, family-friendly Matt Damon movie. Is that what? No, it's a documentary. His family buys about, a farm. We bought a farm. We bought a oh, zoo. Fuck, remember? We bought a That was Matt Damon, right? Yep. Yeah. I, Tanya was one of them. Colossal. All right. I don't yeah. like me on that much, to be honest with you. <laughs> Yeah, they take risks. So maybe this is good. I don't know. Thomasine McKenzie, Anne Hathaway. Anne Hathaway now. That's a little, little, little wacky. Uh, yeah, so what what, what have you decided our next episode? Will okay, be? next episode, let's just go. I'm going to randomly give me something to search on Letterbox. Give me um, a letter. Christmas. Give me a letter. How about that? Oh, uh, Z. All right. Now, give me a number between 1 and 30. Uh, 19. Uh, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14. You know, uh, you know what we should watch for the Christmas episode of movies? Uh, what should we watch? The young senator is having gay sex in Senate. Have you seen that? No, I have. Oh, God. Actually, yes, I have seen <laughs> clips of this. Also... You wound up by chance picking a oh, 2023 no. film because I did the search oh. on Letterboxd. I said, Z, what is the 19th huh. result? It is Command Z, directed by Steven Soderbergh, 2023, starring Michael Sarah. Oh, okay. So I haven't heard anything at all about this movie. Science fiction comedy web series directed by Steven Soderbergh. The series comedy web as... series directed by Steven Soderbergh. It says eight episodes of vary, varying lengths that ultimately comprise a 90-minute runtime. Run okay. Uh, Roy Wood Jr. Yeah. Liv Schreiber, Kevin Pollack. Stavros Halkius. Wow. Mark, Mark Berbiglia. Berbigli, I, I can't fathom Stavros. You can fathom I can't. character? No, what I do you think is in any and anything really? I I just I have, I can't. I don't want to put him in my mind's eye ever. Do you think he's playing slob? <laughs> what do you think? What do you think he's playing? Do you think he's playing charming and handsome, or do you think he's playing creepy neighbor that jerks off a lot? Well, his character name here is Baz. So. I don't know. That makes me sound. It, it makes it sound like he was playing a big flamboyant gay man. Bas Diamandis. So yeah. he's definitely Greek or something, and he looks like that. So you know, it's not going to be the the lead handsome man of the story. Well, it's not. I mean, it's nine episodes. Um, I mean, I guess we could do it. It's is it out? Is it already released? It's out there. Uh, it says July seventeenth, twenty twenty three. Uh, where was this release? Release. I don't know. Official release July seventeenth. At the same day, the character must travel back in time to, in the show's universe. Series was made available for purchase on the website of Soderbergh's production company. All the proceeds are donated to Children's Aid and the Boston University Center for Anti-Racist Research. <laughs> The Boston University Center for Anti-Racist Research. 
you had i was on the same i was like oh children's research this is great boston i'm in anti-racist scientific anti-racist research yeah so what do you let's what the fuck are you it? thinking steven soderbergh did he get is someone's blackmailing it. him i bet they probably have him saying something very off color or not even very but like pretty off color he probably said something like it's kind of weird how everybody in the nba is black huh and they were like, all right, now you got to give Roy Wood Jr. his own series, mm -hmm. and we're going to donate all the proceeds to anti-racist science. Cool. Thank you. Yeah, you got Stavros. You got to put Stavros in here. Let me, let's look at the buddy. It, I mean, it kind of it looks like it. Oh, trailer here. I'm stupid. All right. So let's. Uh, wow. Wow. That looks like that scene from Thor, Love and Thunder with the. Black boy, remember? I thought you were going to say he... 2001 A Space Odyssey. Oh, yeah. Yeah, this don't look up to snuff for Soderbergh so, for, so far. This feels like it was a weekend project for Steven Soderbergh. He will do weird uh, film ideas every so often, like shooting Unsane entirely with the iPhone 7 or whatever the hell was out at that time. From the ass of Steven Soderbergh's was that subtitle, by the way. I don't know. I love when people who are not known for being funny try to be quirky. Oh, there he is. Hello, it's me. I mean, you hear your voice when I speak, right? Because you're me. Wow, he seems really activated. Emergency disconnect. Well, I can see this is going to work like a charm. Oh, so he dies immediately. All right. Well. I feel like if we sat down to watch this, what is it, nine parts, eight parts, we would yeah. get the idea of it after the first part, and the remaining seven would just be grueling. Like, there's a reason why Steven Soderbergh did something completely out of his wheelhouse like this, and nobody knows about it, and nobody's discussing yeah. it. It reminds me of when the director for... Um, uh, 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 District 9 did a bunch of weirdo shorts for like his special effects company or whatever mm. and they ended up putting them I think they put them on Netflix or, or one of those streaming, streaming services and then you watch and he's like okay it's this is seven minutes of, of them showing some effects and that's cool but there's not really much depth to it it's just kind of like oh cool you're a director with a name, so you're experimenting and I guess putting it out there for people, but it's probably not something that was, you know, right meant to be consumed. It's like you did this with your friends and, and it sucks. Now, I look at th this page and it has a couple of links at the bottom that says for local climate change actions, go here. To combat disinformation, go here. And to run for office, you got to run for something.net. Um and uh it's not to run for office uh it's it's for running so that you can give money to the democrats <laughs> so uh so that's uh yeah wow he seems a little a insufferable lib, huh yeah what a loser i've been thinking about running for office that's why i'm wearing a tie right now for the show to announce my candidacy for the mayor of boston since this this bitch is throwing non-white inv invitation parties for christmas for christmas 
Yeah. What kind of Christmas spirit is that? For Christmas. It's an Anglo holiday. Yeah, that's right. Chinese people instead of Christmas, they can't even pronounce it. Now here's Lots. here's the the common trend. Of course, the most anti-white people on the planet who happen to have a vagina will always always have a white boyfriend or husband and uh this mayor of boston she's she no exception that. her yeah, husband looks like a fucking fish i'd hate white people too if that was my husband <laughs> god damn he looks straight up retarded he looks like like a tim robinson character you know uh -huh. let's look for this guy poor guy oh michelle Wu. wait she won she won she's the first woman of color mayor of Boston, first woman mayor of Boston as well. Connor so, Powerski. She's been apologizing for having the email sent out to all. This is the funny thing. This is this is a great uh, tactic, I guess. They accidentally sent the email out to all of the city council members, not just the POC ones. And she didn't apologize for throwing the party. She th she apologized. For sending the invitation out. She said, oh, we it was just an honest mistake. The invitation was not supposed to go out to everybody. Um, we don't need to see your kids. Let's take a look at this one oh, with the black backdrop here. This picture here. Jesus fucking Christ. This is just like the most stereotypical white male, Asian female couple you could imagine. You know, this is this is gross. Yeah, he has a good job, so he's her dad approves of him because he's got money. <laughs> yeah. But that's the only reason why. Look at this. He looks very comfortable and not and, out of place. Any anytime you do see these polit like female politicians, their significant others are always like, Okay, yeah, this makes sense. It makes sense that she wears the pants in the family. Isn't AOC's husband also like a, a skinny ginger guy? Mm, I wouldn't say skinny. He looks like Ben Kissel. So there's oh. that guy. Yeah. Well, he looks different there. I remember this photo. <laughs> Where it's just like, oh, he's just like a little... Um, what is that show? Uh, um, with the Matt, Matt Crispin character. Christmas. Matt Christmas. What chapo Trafos. Yeah, he looks very chapo. He looks extremely chapo. Same the same deal with uh Ilan Omar, her husband or boyfriend is a white guy. Uh Kamala Harris, her husband. Same deal. There you go. Uh, MC Search. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So it's just yeah. But yeah, good luck with your campaign. I'll help you with the. Thank you. I don't even know when the election ads. is. I think it's. I think it's next year. When was the last Boston time you voted in a Boston mayoral election? Election, twenty twenty four. I think it was. It might be twenty twenty five. No, it's twenty twenty five. All right. So I got about a year, a little bit more than a year, to prep this mayoral campaign. I can take back the city of Boston. Yeah, and the uh, the only reason why you're doing this is so that the government doesn't sue you for the mass state lottery. <laughs> I don't like you can't. <laughs> everybody knows you can't sue the mayor. If I'm right. the if I'm the mayor of the city, I basically am the lottery. That's me. Yeah, that's me. Uh, you know, taking over the system from the outside. So yeah. it's my last and hope. I'm a lot like President Trump in that way, where it's like 
I either win or I go to prison for the rest of my life. And we can go and shoot some B-roll of like the bolts going into that. Yeah, we'll do thing. Oz. More. Yeah, yeah, yeah. More of that. More scenes of the actual lottery that has nothing to do with, <laughs> with anything anymore. Yeah. Oh, boy. I can't wait. I can't wait. All right. Things have come to a close tonight for this evening's episode. Hans, thank you for joining me yet again. We will resume our regularly scheduled programming and maybe do a live stream in the next couple of days. We'll find out. Mm -hmm. We'll see. Yeah. Uh, I think it would be a good idea. So that has been movies for this week. Thank you for listening.